0: Welcome to the Littler International Employment Law Podcast Series. Conversations for the multinational employer on issues impacting their global
1: business.
2: Good day to our listeners. I'm Johan Liber. I'm the co-chair of our U.S. International Employment Law Practice at Littler Mendelssohn. Our topic for today is a basic overview of works councils in Europe. The objective is to give you a 101 high-level overview of this workplace structure. And it's intended to educate those of you who know nothing about it or very little about it, about the structure. I'm pleased to be joined today by four of my partners from our littler offices in Europe. And it's my pleasure to introduce Dennis Feldhaisen from Amsterdam, Guillaume de Moulin from Paris, Paula Christian Olsby from Oslo, in Norway, and Dennis Leers from Germany. So, gentlemen, uh, welcome here today. To start off our conversation, the basic question: Must all
1: employers in Europe have a works council? Let me start in France. So, in France, the, the threshold is uh, uh, is eleven employees. So, any companies employing uh, at least eleven employees uh, shall organise uh, election, I would say, of staff representative. Now, there's a second threshold, which is 50 employees, where it starts to be, I would say, a kind of serious, uh, empowered uh, watch Council. So, yes, this is mandatory for any company uh, with uh, uh, this uh, level of uh, employees. And in Germany, what are the thresholds? The
3: thresholds um, is uh, five employees at the plant, not the company, but you need to have five employees at the plant in, in question. But it's not mandatory, so it's up to the workforce in question
4: to build up a works council.
2: And in the Netherlands,
4: Dennis? Every company that has at least 50 employees, headcounts, needs to install a works council. So there is no gray zone. You cannot discuss about it. You simply need to have it. And Ole, what's the uh, situation in in Norway? Uh, The situation is similar to to the Netherlands,
0: where we have a a threshold of uh, 50 employees, at least, on a company level. But there are certain topics where there could be a consultation obligation in smaller companies as well, but that is on certain topics. On a general employment level, it's uh, 50 employees.
2: So when you reach this threshold, let's just talk about the procedure of actually having a works council established. How does that work in the Netherlands?
4: Well, employees that have been working within the company for at least... Uh, one year can be elected and people that have been working for six months can vote, can bring bring out their vote. Um, Elections, well, there is a schedule uh, for election procedure that takes about 13 weeks. And it starts with, um, let's say, informing the employees and it ends with this election procedure itself, which is actually a, 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 a confidential procedure. And in Germany?
3: Yeah, it's pretty similar uh, than the Netherlands. Uh, you need to have three employees that want to uh, establish a works council and then they, they open up the election procedure basically. And the, the preconditions as, as Dennis said in the Netherlands are
1: pretty much the same in Germany as well. Is it any different in, in France, okay. It's It's a little bit more complex, as always. First of all, it's an employer's duty uh, to launch the election process. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some uh, specific delays to, to, to follow, uh, and some specific rules as well to, to, to follow. And one of them, and that's really key for our listeners, is that the employers has the obligation to invite representative unions in the business area to come and negotiate what we call a pre-vote agreement. So the
2: union plays a very important role Absolutely. in that process.
1: Absolutely. If some unions show up, then of course, the, uh, I would say elections uh, program is negotiated with them. If they don't show up, then the employee is free to organize the election process on his own. So let's just talk about where it's not mandatory in
2: such as in Germany. Um, how is the process initiated? so that any three employees can come and just ask?
3: Yeah, pretty much. Um, if, if three employees decide that they want to establish a works council, they can is- initiate the process. Um, usually um, they are the election process is union driven as well. So the union comes and tries to find at least three members uh, of the staff to establish a works council. But if, if you don't find three, um, uh, p- three employees to do that, then no works council will be established.
2: Is the practice in Germany for employers to initiate a works council, even though there's no affirmative legal duty on them to do so, as might be the case in France? Mm -hmm. And what would be the type of circumstances where an employer would prefer to initiate that process without employees actually asking, is that possible?
3: That would be possible, but from my experience, if companies don't have a works councils, there are not many employers that really have interest in establishing one. Because, and we come to that later, I guess, um, because um, then you underlie pretty strict regulations once you have one. And so the employers are pretty happy that don't have one. To be honest, um, in Germany, most employers by now have one. But uh, there are some some exceptions where you still don't find works councils in Germany. So
2: once the, the works council is elected and established, um, who does the employer actually deal with? Is, is there a committee? And who is on the
1: committee? Let's ask in France. So there's no committee, uh, actually, uh, the employer deals directly with the works council, uh, he has to organize, depending on the uh, number of people employed, a monthly or bimonthly uh, meeting where he actually meets all the uh, elected members of the works council and discuss with uh, them the projects or the opinions they shall deliver and so on. Is there a ratio
2: of how many members must be on the works council in comparison
1: to the size of the workforce? So the number of uh, members of the works council that must be elected depends, of course, uh, of the size of the, of the company and number of people employed. However, uh, uh, a works council can exist and a meeting of the works council can be held, even with one single member present. And so,
2: Dennison, in Germany, mm-hmm. if you have a small plant that meets the, the low threshold, so that could mean that the employer's Potentially meeting with one or two employees constituting the formal face of the works council. Yes, that's correct
3: Um, If you have uh, five people at the lowest threshold Then at the end it might be that one of them may be the works council member or the works council chairman himself, right? Um, And it's pretty similar to France. It's it's depending on the numbers of employees you have
2: Can a non-employee serve as a works council member? Not in Germany. France? Not in France and in uh, Norway.
0: Not in Norway.
4: No, the unions can, by the way, bring forward people to be to stand for election, but these are not. These are union members, but at the same time they should
2: be an employee of the company. Now, this is an important aspect that you underscore, uh, Dennis, in, in the Netherlands. And there is a difference between trade unions and works councils. They are two different structures of employee representation, and they both serve somewhat different purposes, correct? How would you, in a nutshell, perhaps when i going to ask each one of you, uh, how, in a nutshell, would you describe that difference of role? Trade unions
4: represent members. They pay for their membership. Um, and a trade union is an external body. A workers' council is an internal body who is let's say installed to represent the interest of the employees but also the the interest of the employer so they're not only there for the employees but they are there to look after let's say the well-being of the organization i think that's the main difference
3: speaking of germany it's pretty much the same as dennis said for for the netherlands but basically in germany the works council represents the plant in question and the union as always the company in question it deals with, right, the legal entity. So um, if you wanna say it like that, maybe um, the works council is the local representative and the union is the more is more on the higher level side.
2: So let's move on to the, the functions of the works councils. Now, I've, I heard you refer to inform and consult. Uh, I've heard the term use advice. Can we just spend a few minutes to talk about that. What does the duty to inform and
1: consult with the Works Council, what does that mean? So we start with France and then to Norway. So just like I mentioned uh, Denise before, the Works Council is the voice of employees and is representing and saving their interest. The goal of information and consultation is to seek the opinion of the workforce through the Works Council. So we are talking about information and consultation because this is a kind of two-phases procedure that at the end goes until getting the prior opinion of the works council on a specific project. Informing, this means obviously providing to the works council sufficient information so that they can deliver their opinion later. Consultation is just the fact of delivering the opinion. And this procedure of information and consultation is key in, in Europe, I must say. Because this is, I would say, prior obligation before implementing many, many uh, projects. Is it any different in uh, Norway? No, it's it's quite
0: similar, and the <laughs> important is that the employee representative has had the uh, possibility to express their opinion before the employer is taking his final decision on a subject. And it's uh, under the Norwegian system. It's. It's not many subjects, if any subject at all, where the employee representative can actually veto a decision from the employer. But the procedure in itself is often important uh, when the courts are judging on the validity
2: of the decision. So let's just talk about this duty to provide information to the Works Council. When does the duty by the employer, the obligation to provide certain information to the Works Council. When does that arise? Is there a clear test or how is that determined? Dennis?
4: Well, in the in, in, in Netherlands? In, yes. Uh, so, uh, uh, under the Dutch uh, Workers' Council Act, providing information uh, needs to be done throughout the year. So, it relates to informing the Works Council about uh, general business affairs, uh, developments, uh, investments, uh, etc. When it comes to consultation, consultation needs to take place at least two times a year relating to the same topics, but it should also relate to, let's say, upcoming decisions that could have material effect to the company and to the employees. That means that it always needs to be done timely in advance, meaning before any final decision is taken. If you do not respect that rule, then you could have a big problem with
2: your workers' council. So basically issues that might have a material impact on the on the workplace and the employees you should
4: in the Netherlands, it goes even a little bit further because on, on material decisions like MA, our uh, Dutch Workers' Council has the right to advice. That means that uh, the Workers' Council needs to be um, uh, given uh, input about, let's say, the background of the decision, uh, the, the, the consequences, is there any social plan involved? And based on that set of information, the Workers' Council gives an advice that could even be a negative advice, and that means that if the uh, the company still needs to uh, go ahead with the decision. It needs to uh, observe a, a one month, let's say, uh, well, notice period. And within that notice period, the Workers' Council can, can go to court and try to block the execution of the decision. Mm-hmm.
2: So the negative advice is basically, we disagree with what you intend doing. Yeah. And then you have to go through this conciliation process, really.
4: Yeah, yeah. that could really take months, by the way.
2: yeah. And what happens if the employer, regardless of the negative advice,
4: were to implement the decision, what would be the consequences? Well, firstly, uh, my advice would always be, is the Workers' Council willing to, let's say, waive the one-month period? If not, then my advice would always be to uh, observe this one-month period. If you don't, and the works Council goes to the Amsterdam Court of Appeal, then uh, this could really result in let's say uh, a court order which then blocks the whole decision.
2: Yeah. Is the process any materially different than any one of the other three jurisdictions?
3: No, not really. So speaking of Germany, it's pretty similar. Um, the Works Council does have a certain, we call it co-determination rights. And if you don't um, respect them, then the same in Germany, then the, the Works Council can simply say I'm not happy um, with the employer doing that, and then he can um, go to court and get an interim injunction against it. So it's pretty similar to the
1: Netherlands, I would say.
2: So in France, it's a different process, right?
1: It's a little bit different in the ways that there is no veto right, no co-determination right. The works can still deliver its opinion. It can be negative, which is often the case for reduction in force, for instance, but the employer can move forward anyway. So there is no way to stop I would say the project of the employers, as long as he has followed, I would say the uh, formal process of information and consultation. And in Norway, it's the the
0: Norwegian system is is close to France in this relation. It's uh, normally it will not be possible for the employee representatives or the unions to to stop
2: a decision by the employer. So let's just talk about the issue of highly confidential business information. Company plans a potential acquisition of another company. This would trigger at some point an obligation on on the company to disclose some information to the works council. How is the company protected that the works council does not prematurely disclose some of the
1: sensitive business information? So regarding France, there is first a very simple provision in the French Labour Code stating a very hard duty of confidentiality to works council member. But this only comes into force, obviously, when the employer has clearly stated that the information you provide to the works council are confidential or supposed to be confidential. So that's how it works. This being said, uh, the employer cannot just say everything i will tell you is confidential obviously uh, he has to limit uh, the i would say types of information or kind of information that can be subject to confidentiality any difference in the, any of the other three countries it's
3: pretty much the same in germany um and usually it works pretty well to the the works council members um, have have a good understanding of what is confidential and what what is not
2: Let's talk about a couple of examples of how the Works Council may be involved in the employer decision. So, company wants to implement a new workplace policy. Let's say an anti harassment policy in the workplace in Europe. Is there an obligation to consult with the Works Council? It's just take one country at a time, the Netherlands.
4: Yes, in, in, in this specific situation, the Works Council has a right to approve. So, uh, in addition to the right to advice, uh, on, on when it comes to um, um, labour con- terms and conditions, but also to policies, etc., the Work Council has a right to approve. So, in this specific scenario, they have a right to approve, and they could again uh, also block uh, the, um, let's say, the introduction of this uh, this workplace policy if they um, if they do not give their approval. Uh, then still the company could decide to let's say execute and then in this specific scenario, the works council could go to court and again try to block it. It's not what, by the way, op- often
2: happens, but it could be the case. So the, the, what we would call in the US the management prerogative to dictate those policies is really now subjugated to the role of the works council and cannot act unilaterally. Right. Let's talk in Germany uh, discipline. Uh, must the uh, Works Council be involved if an employer plans terminating an employee? And if so, how would that play out in practice? Mm-hmm.
3: Absolutely. In Germany, um, you would have to consult with the Works Council one week before dismissing an employee, and the Works Council has the right to give a statement um, to that decision. Um, in this case, he's not allowed to block the decision, so he could. Even if you object to the termination with what they really usually do,
2: um, you could still uh, give notice to that employee. So in France and in Norway, an employer plans on changing variable compensation plans. This is not basic wages or salary. This would be a potential bonus that depends on certain outcomes that might be in the discretion of the employer. If the company wants to introduce such a plan, must that be discussed and must there be consultation with the Works Council?
1: So under French law, the answer would be yes, indeed, because uh, salary and even viable salary bonus plans are included in what we are calling or describing as working conditions. So this would indeed fall into the scope of the Works Council and the procedure would be very straightforward. The employer would have to uh, provide to the works council member a solid description of what will be the bonus plan. And then the works council would have a delay of one month to deliver its opinion on this plan. This delay can be extended to two months in case the works council decides to appoint a chartered accountant or an expert. And Norway?
0: It would be under the working conditions that you would have an obligation to inform and consult the procedure would be more informal and it will be under the management prerogative to to introduce such a, a plan. But it's important that it's introduced in a way that it does not uh, become a local collective bargaining agreement in itself.
2: Uh, but apart from that, it's it's under the employer's prerogative. In practice, when an employer introduces such a variable compensation plan, while we utilize the term consult, I mean, in practice, does it really come
1: down to bargaining or is, would that be an incorrect description? Well, under French law, this would not really be a bargaining, <laughs> a proper bargaining in the way that, as I mentioned before, there is no veto. So the employer can really uh, move forward even though the uh, Wisconsin disagrees. However, this is, uh, I would say at the end of the day, a matter of social dialogue, like we say. If the employer wants uh, to be nice to the works council and wants to listen to the voice of employees, he may hear some of the comments that can be done on the bonus plan. For instance, if the targets are too high or the reason, uh, I would say, too aggressive or anything that could matter actually to employees, obviously the employer can take this into account. But I can't call it properly a negotiation. So I heard one of you make the
2: comment that the works council could appoint some experts and external advisors to advise them. Who carries that cost? In Germany? Uh, Germany, it would be the employer. Any different in any of the other uh, three countries? Yes. In, in Norway? In Norway, it will
1: normally be the employee representative that will have to bear that cost themselves. And in France, it depends. For some matters, that's mandatory by law uh, and this is paid by the employer. For some other matters, that are not precisely described, then that's for the works council. And
2: in the Netherlands?
1: The employer pays a check. Is there a way in which the employer in
2: Germany and, and the Netherlands can actually control that type of expenditure? Or is it really in the discretion of the Works Council members uh, in terms of what advice and what expenses they
4: incur? No, the, the under Dutch law, the, the, the Works Council need to notify the employer about, the let's say, expenses that they are uh, expected to make. And my advice would always be to, uh, to, to let's say, create a budget on an annual basis for the workers' council. And say, hey, this is the budget you can use for your um, uh, for your job. Um, and that's basically it. Uh, and th- in that way, you
2: can control, let's say, the uh, the finance. So we conclude our discussion. I'm going to ask uh, each one of you just to give uh, uh, some input on what would be the best practice to ensure that employer, in dealing with its works council, ultimately gets what it wants to. It goes into this consultation process with a proposal. What is the best practice that you can share with our audience that helps employers
1: achieve that objective? So I start with France? My advice from my experience is definitely to count on the works council member as a real partner in the decision-making process. You have to make them understand that uh, they are not uh, opponents, uh, they are partners, and they shall help, I would say, in taking decisions. So, again, I, I believe it's the best way to have, I would say, smooth process of uh, information and consultation to make them feel important, make them understand their voice is important. And in Norway, Ole? Yeah, I think that would be a good advice in Norway as well, to, to include the employee representative
0: and uh, to create a, uh, um, a relationship of trust
2: where you are partners and not enemies. Any other good advice from either Germany or the Netherlands?
3: I totally agree to the other two. As long as, as the works council thinks that he is a, a partner of the employer, then it shouldn't be a problem to to get a good deal. And usually um, they have a package in mind it's a give and take a situation usually.
4: Yes, I think I have the same advice. Try to stay away from the formalities as much as you can and try to have a, a useful discussion and and, and then finally uh, the company management uh, can do whatever it would like to do in the interest of the company.
2: I think that's the case in the Netherlands. Well thank you to all four of you for participating in this conversation today, uh, sharing with us the nuts and bolts of works councils in Europe. I trust that, uh, you as the listener have uh, received a number of takeaways from this 101 Overview. To learn more about Littler's International Employment and Labor Practice and more about various cross-border employment topics, please visit our website at www.littler.com.
0: The purpose of this program is to provide helpful information for employers addressing the latest developments in labor and employment relations. It is not a substitute for experienced legal counsel and does not provide legal advice or attempt to address the numerous factual issues that arise in any employment-related issue. To discover other Labor and Employment podcast series from Littler, the largest global employment and labor law practice, visit littler.com slash podcasts.